So welcome back to Big Fish Little Pod. We've both been away for Thanksgiving holiday, and Amy had an experience while she was away, and we wanted to talk about it. So I was in California for Thanksgiving, and and we all went to church together. The minister was talking about if you don't know that you're broken, then you have no need for a savior. And so an important aspect of a person's relationship with the divine is their knowledge that they are broken. And that actually really resonates with me. And I really, really like that idea. And I think that that's really important in my spiritual life. But I remember a time when I hated that idea and I thought that it was messed up and I thought that it was foolish and that it um, promoted like self-hate and that in order to really be a healthy person you needed to have a really strong sense of self and so the idea that you were broken and needed a savior would completely go against that and on the car ride home from church it was definitely a polarizing topic some people in the car just really loved and embraced that concept that the minister had presented. And some people in the car really didn't like it. So dad, you were not in the car and you weren't there. So I was wondering what your personal reaction to that kind of common Christian idea is. And then also how you translate that or present that to others who may be really put off by it. Yeah. Um, I personally, it's not an issue for me because I was raised in what I believe was a pretty sound Christian upbringing, Um, which means I was told that I was a child of God, that God knew me before I was born and placed me in my mother's womb and called me forth from that and, and blessed me with with gifts and with talents and loved me. And at the same time, as I was educated, I was educated that all of us have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, that none of us are perfect, um, that we're blessed by God, we're loved by God, but we all have our stuff. And so to me, that's all it means to be broken. And so when I read the scriptures in the Old Testament about us being common pots, you know, that God fills with his glory, um, I'm not insulted by that um, because I know God loves me. But if I'm entering into the that Christian message, in a life where I have been torn down instead, and I've developed maybe that personality of all or nothing, you know, I'm either good or I'm nothing. I either did this right and, and I deserve love and praise, or I messed up and I'm an idiot and nobody could ever like me because I'm not good. That message, I would, I would not like that message at all. Mm-hmm. Personally, theologically, I come from the fact that mm-hmm. if there is a God, and I tend to believe that there is, 
that God is the the perfection of all of life. And so if I'm going to enter into that perfection, I need to be perfect too. Because if I'm not perfect, then I bring what's not perfect into what is perfect and make it not perfect. But I'm not perfect. I'm not even close to it. At least 40 years ago, I found out that I wasn't perfect. So 20 years, I thought that I was perfect. Um, For the last 40 years, I've known I'm not that, you know, that's where I found the donkey passage that, um, and I'm happy being the donkey, you know, I'm happy being the earthen vessel, the nothing, nothing any more special than anyone else, except for the fact that I let God use me, Um, you know, Um, so that idea of not being perfect, yet entering into what is perfect, to me, like you can't put a drop of ink in pure water, no matter how small the drop is and how big the vessel mm-hmm. is, and still have pure water. You know, I can't put my faulty sinful life into perfection and yet have it mm-hmm. still be perfection. You know, something needs to happen in me for me to enter into perfection right. and keep it perfect. Right. I'm I'm just I wonder, is there a difference? Because what you're describing is we're not perfect. And I think that that's kind of an easier thing for people to get behind because I think most people would say most people aren't perfect. You know, like we are faulty or we're, we have faults, and but we should still move forward and we should still try and we should still connect with God. But to me, there's, a, there's a, quite a difference between not being perfect and being broken. Yeah. Like if a vase is not perfect, it can still hold water for flowers. But if it's broken, it's useless. Except for decoration. Yeah. (laughs) A broken vase. (laughs) 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 Yeah. Yeah. So like to me, like someone who's not perfect can still get along just fine. But someone who's broken requires that's where like the requirement of a savior i see for me you know yeah Hmm. and and that's why i like it you know like i'm like i'm on board with you yeah we're not perfect and stuff but i think the other people in the car after that sermon everybody probably would have agreed we're not perfect that doesn't stop us because even like a you know, like a, a, a atheist uh, financial advisor it might not be perfect, but it's not going to stop him from like moving forward in his financial choices and like taking risks and, you know, some things are going to work and some things aren't. So like, I guess like not being perfect to me is like, okay, you can still go about your life, but to accept that you're broken and because of that brokenness yeah. require a savior is a hmm. quite, it puts you at the mercy of someone else. Which is not something I think you ever emphasized to us. No. As children. Like, you didn't tell me and Andrew that we were broken. <laughs> <laughs> and now I really love that idea where I think Andrew is on the opposite side. Right, right. And I'm not one to have somebody come into a new situation and break them. No. Like, when you went to boot camp, you got broken so that they could remake you in the image of the squad. Mm-hmm. 
right. you know, mm-hmm. um, and that happens in many businesses. Mm-hmm. They break you to remake you in the way they want you to be mm-hmm. or in teams or in churches, you know? Yeah, I guess I, I didn't get the impression from this situation that they were, that the church was, or that Jesus was looking to break us, to remake us, but yeah. rather that we were broken, you know? Although I would say, like, based on what you were just saying, that kind of harks to, like, that scripture about pruning. Right, you know? right. Like, God Although, does prune us. Yeah. But yeah. that's not really breaking no, pruning is getting rid of the dead part. Yeah. I mean, I guess the reason I wanted to ask you is because I thought you would be uh, not that attracted to the idea of being broken <laughs> and requiring a Messiah. But I so was attracted to it. And then so many other people in our family were not attracted to it that I just found it interesting that you are a Christian minister who you would think would be preaching that we are broken and require a messiah but i haven't really heard you preach that no i don't like that term i guess (laughs) um yeah i mean i love it because i do feel broken understand that's you know what i mean that's why i love it because i don't feel like my ego is being smashed by hearing that i relate to that and it's a relief to me that other people are also acknowledging that and that I, rather than pushing myself back up to a place where I am successful and I'm in control, I actually get to say like, wow, I'm actually just an instrument. And the fact that I am aware of my brokenness actually makes me an even better instrument for the divine to use. What does it mean for you to be broken? What does that mean? Uh, Incapable of successfully managing my own existence. Hmm. Like I, if I try to control my situation, I fail every time. But if I put my own personal desires aside and instead use my efforts to serve as an instrument for God... I, yeah, it goes much better, but much better. See, I can relate to that. I'm, if I use my God given talents in my own way for my own gain, for my own things, I would do okay. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. I'm pretty, I'm pretty smart. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, I'm pretty effective. Uh-huh. Um, I could be more manipulative than I am. Um, okay. And I could be successful in the eyes of this world. Right. And so I struggle with being broken. Um, but definitely, if God, if I let God use me for God's, God's aims and God's things, then... I'm definitely going to be more successful and more have more meaning in my life. Um, but I can, I if I'm not careful, I can fall into the Christian idea that 
and I actually had somebody verbalize this in Bible study once, um, that Jesus didn't need to die for me. Mm-hmm. He could have just come and taught me. Mm. Um, I was interested and would have followed him and done what he wanted me to do. Mm-hmm. He didn't need to die for me. So that person, I think, would say, I'm not broken. Wow, that is so interesting. I'm just looking for a, a guru, a teacher, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know? And I have a tendency to say, you know, we all have our stuff. We've all got our stuff. So there's stuff mm-hmm. that keeps me from being effective, from being open to God mm-hmm. and and opening up to God in every part of my life at the times I need it most. You know, I have my stuff. Am I broken or mm-hmm. do I just need to be nudged and taught? Mm-hmm. You know? Wow, that is so interesting. I've never heard someone say that before. Right. Right. So I understand those people. I do believe in the whole eternal life thing and and that all of us have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. The old pamphlet from from the Campus Crusade was showing people that that on one side of a cliff and God on the other side of the cliff and people trying to jump across the cliff to get to God. And, and some people can jump three feet mm-hmm. and they fall into the chasm. And some people can jump mm-hmm. 23 feet, but the chasm is 25 feet long. And so mm-hmm. all of us end up in the pit. That's the old campus crusade idea. Um, and then Jesus mm-hmm. in the form of a cross lays down and we all get to walk across the bridge. Um you know, that's their presentation of what it means to be broken and fixed, mm-hmm. healed by Jesus. But you feel broken. I mean, not, I mean, I'm not in like a sad way, you know, like in a liberated way. Like for me, accepting that I'm broken is liberating. I agree. I totally would agree with that. So it's like, I'm not like, I'm like, a, not like broken, like we think of like a sad, broken person. You know, but like just seeing my situation for how it really is, you know. But is that, have, were, did you ever feel broken before you had the answer? Is that liberating or is that depressing? You mean, did I go through a period of time where I felt broken and didn't know that there was like a divine answer? Yeah. Yeah. And there's areas of my life where I still feel like that, where the areas of my life where I haven't turned towards spiritual solutions. And is that liberating? No, it's frustrating. Okay. Like, so for an example, like I had a really hard time dating, right? Like you used to always joke that you had like two great kids, but they never dated anyone, right? And I had a really hard time dating. It was a real struggle for me. And there was a real time for many years where I felt like very alone and I had like a deep rooted fear that I would never find a partner. And yeah, I was like, really, it was really hard. Like lots of tears were cried, you know? And then one day I, it just became too much. 
like the pain became too much and the fear and the potential for years and decades of loneliness and pain like became too much and I just completely broke down and had like an actual break like breakdown like where I actually like, fell to my knees I mean without getting into too many details and I just gave like I gave it to God like I just said like I have tried so hard to make this work. I've tried so hard to like attract the right partner and do the right journaling techniques and go to therapy and then not think about it and just be my best self and live my best life and then and then be active and try to date everybody and I've just tried everything I can think of and I am incapable of this and I just like completely collapsed and like I just I didn't realize that I was saying, like, please, can you do this for me? I was saying, I'm done. I can't do this. I am incapable of this. And then it was after that that, like, I, I met my husband, you know? So I would relate that now, for example, in my life now, to, like, my anxieties around financial worries or my sh- consistent struggle with eating right. and weight. Like, these are two areas in my life where I still think I can figure them out. But I've tried now for 32 years. (laughs) And those are still areas that I really struggle in, you know. And I think I would probably be better off and transformed if I had a similar, authentic breakdown moment like I did eight years ago Uh with my romantic relationships. So for me, in those moments, like... If I can embrace the fact that I am broken, which to me means like incapable of managing this on my own. And it makes me realize that I am in need of a savior. Then, yeah, that burden is lifted. So that's, that's what feels liberating about it is that the burden that I've been trying to carry, that I've been incapable of carrying is lifted. So the need of a savior means I need something from outside of myself to make this better. Yes, although I would be very careful with that because I think oftentimes, like, when we say in spiritual ideas of, like, something outside of yourself, it means, like, you're expecting external circumstances to change. But Right, right. Like, I mean, it could be argued that God is either outside or inside yourself, right? We're, I'm not saying that. You know what I mean? Right. I'm not saying that. I need something on the outside to change so that I can find peace. I'm saying that I myself, Amy, like this small soul, is not capable of successfully managing my own life. Right. But if the answer comes from within you, then you are. Well, I mean, I guess that you could argue where does that answer come from, right? Is it coming from the holy spirit or as we call in bhakti like the super soul the paramatma you know buddhists would say like enlightenment like if you become enlightened did that come from yourself you know so yeah it could come from within but that within could also be spiritually right but yeah but would it if that answer comes from enlightenment from within even if that enlightenment you and i know comes from a spiritual source would not the person, could not the person who is experiencing that not feel broken, but feel enlightened? Yes. 
but I think it would be similar to what I was describing. Like first there is a burden and then there is a liberation from that burden. So I'm, so do you think that everyone and more, more specifically, do you think the people in your car had experienced times like you have where they said, I just can't do this. I am not capable of doing this. I think, I think the women had, (laughs) but I'm thinking of the two men (laughs) and I'm not sure. I mean, one of them was my brother and I think he is, he's very much like you, which is like, you, you're coming more from a perspective of, I could figure this out, but it would be better if I stepped aside and let God figure it out. <laughs> and, yeah, and make no mistake that I have, con- I have in classic terminology, considered myself a sinner in, in need of a savior <laughs> and broken in need of healing and lost in needed need of being found um i have i have experienced that and do talk in that language you know um right yeah and i'm just talking in this savior language because i'm comfortable with it but i think it's um there was definitely a time when i wasn't comfortable with this language right but there are there are people who don't feel that right i don't know i mean do you have do you not feel that i mean you you mean do people who don't feel broken under the burden of life or people who don't feel like there's a savior? Um, Which one are you saying? Well, I guess the question that I had is, do you think all people do feel broken, brought to their knees, um, lost um, in an impossible situation, overwhelmed past the point of being able to get themselves out? Is that a human experience? I think I would I would say that it is simply because I have lived such a privileged life and I have experienced that. And so it seems to me like if like I have lived such a privileged, cushy, like supported life and I have experienced that, then it seems like there are many people that have lived much more difficult outward lives than I have. And so I would assume that most people have experienced that. I mean, I've never gone a day hungry. I've never, I mean, have you met many people in your ministry that haven't felt burdened by the weight of life? No, although quite honestly, it's only when they get to that point that they, they come to come me. To you. <laughs> we, should, we should call like the. And like bartender. Oh no, I guess the bartender, that's where they also go. Who do they right, go? Who do the happy right. people go to? <laughs> <laughs> the hairdresser? I don't yeah. know. Where do you go when you're happy? Yeah. Um Yeah, and it's not necessarily happy, but it's there are some people who just have a philosophy that says, Well, this is life and I just need it's it's not how many times you fall, it's how many times you get up. You know, it's like the next step is all that matters. You know, it seems like those people mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. might say they don't need a savior. 
Yeah. Right. I think there are many people who would say they don't mm. need a savior, which is which is so. I mean, for me, I mean, this podcast can come out like crap, and I don't care like today because <laughs> what you said about that person in your Bible study saying, yeah, like they never thought that Jesus needed to die for them. I mean, that has rocked my world. So like this, this time is worth it. <laughs> because I mean, my first thought was, of course he died for you. He died for everybody. Like we all needed that. And then my second thought was, of course, all this time I've thought he didn't need to die for me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, if I totally thought that, but I that was not in my conscious yeah. thought. That was a subconscious thought that that you just yep. plucked up yep. to my conscious yeah. level. You know, I mean that is huge. Like, right? yeah, I definitely did not think that Jesus came for me because I don't need it. He could have right. just given me a book. Right. He could have been a teacher for you. And you I would have just been to the Sermon on the Mount, right. and I would have just taken good notes. Right. <laughs> right. He, he didn't need to die right. for right. me. He died for those other people, right. the sinners. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's huge. Yeah. 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 And I mean, this is all coming from like a non-baptized heretic girl that lives <laughs> in a commune, you know? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So so I think the church has focused on that cosmic battle of sin and death and eternal life. And the wages of sin is death, you know, separation from God. Um, So if any of you have sinned and who hasn't, um, whether that's a sin against God, against the world, or against yourself, or against others, we've all sinned. And and so um, you're in need of a cosmic savior. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where the church has focused. Um, but, but in that situation mm-hmm. of people like you and I who say, you know... I could have listened to the Sermon of the Mount and followed him. And I would have messed up. But all he'd have to do is say, come on, Peter, I meant this. And I would have come back. Mm-hmm. I would have changed my ways. You know, um, I'm not a sinner. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. so what does having a savior mean for us? Yeah. What it what? What did he save us from? Yeah. Well, I think, I mean, I think that's the thing. And I think that's why I never related to it was because I never really believed in hell. Right. And so I always thought, like, I don't need to be saved from hell because hell doesn't exist. Like, I will get to heaven based on my own choice, not based on your grace. You know? Like, I just never believed in a God who would send me to hell. So then I didn't need a God to save me from hell. Right. You know? Right. But, But I think the the savior that I relate to, which again, in my, from my perspective may very well be Jesus, but it may very well be God or the divine. However right. you see it in your own life is like a savior saving me in my situation today. Right. Saving me from the hellish right. conditions that can come up in this world, from the hellish things that my mind can tell me from, 
the self-hate talk or from the behaviors that are crippling that I continue to take from the anxiety that keeps me up, you know? And again, not like I'm living in some kind of terrible situation, but I think right. we can all relate to having your mind right. spin at night so you can't fall asleep or having the scale tell you something right. you don't feel comfortable with or fighting right. with your partner again over the same thing that you thought you had figured out. So for me, those are the hellish things that I need right. saving from. Right. And most of us do something to sabotage our self, our goals, our aims, our walk, whatever. Yeah. Time and time again. Most of us do something to sabotage that, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 So that is that being broken? I mean, for me, that is. Like, for me, that's broken. Like, this, like, I've been broken by the circumstances of this world. But but even by myself. Yeah, yeah. Which is, I mean, I would argue, like, the mind is a, a circumstance of this world. Right. Oh, okay. Okay. Like, the things my mind tells me are not always true. Yeah. Right. It's lying to right. me sometimes. Right. So So I guess that's how I would try to define a savior mm-hmm. is someone something to me it's a spirit that that helps me saves me keeps me um encourages me teaches me um how to get rid of the things I'm doing that sabotage my life and grab onto the things that bring a blessing to me, to others, to this world. Um, And that there are times that left up to my own devices, I don't do that. I do the opposite. So is that a manufacturing flaw? (laughs) Is it God's fault? Was it a result from the first time a human being chose against God? Um, which, which, which was the very first person. So it also that seems like a manufacturing fault. <laughs> or is that a metaphor to say each one of us, even though we have, there was a point in time when we had a choice to choose only good, only things that would be a blessing to us and to others, we've all sabotaged that. That, to me, is what all of us have sinned and fall short of the glory of God is. Yeah, yeah. 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 It just seems to me like if we, were, if we weren't broken, we would do it right. And so if we're not able to do it right, then we must be broken. And so then we need someone to help us to do it right. Right, yeah. And whether that is a spiritual thing for our listeners or whether that is simply, you know, the idea of community, that in community we can get it right. Um, And so when I choose against community, when I choose selfishly, then I fail. You know, I'm broken in that, and and I need community to save me. You know, I yeah, I um, uh, it's interesting. It's very interesting. Yeah, yeah. I think the the words. I mean, I I purposely wanted to ask you about it because the words are triggering. You know. Yeah. And I think that that's why it had such a polarizing effect to the people that I was with. And so yeah, but I think having kind of left 
not left the Christian tradition, but kind of explored outside the Christian tradition and then come back to it. I don't find the words triggering at all because to me, they're just describing the world and the spiritual practices, you know? So yeah, yeah. to me, I really yeah. like it. Yeah. And so I think that's what I wanted to hear. Like, Yeah. To me, it's an acceptance of the human condition. Yeah. You exactly. Know? Um, it's not pretending. Right. And I, and it, I don't mean to demean and I don't, I don't scare people. You know, with, okay, if you don't make this choice, you are damned for an eternity to wander like like Marley's ghost, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah uh, and again, like, I I also don't feel that. I'm not, yeah. I'm not attracted to it because of what it means for me eternally. I'm attracted to it because of what it means for me today. Right. Awesome. Awesome. So, so this week, truly look at those places where, if you're honest, you'll say, I've really messed this up and it's not because I just made a mistake, but I don't think I'm capable of doing this right without help. I need help. Figure out what those areas are and figure out where your help comes from. Because a savior may come in a meditative moment. A savior may come in the words that you hear from a pulpit or that you read in a book, or that you hear in a song, or that you hear from a friend, or that you hear in the stillness of your heart. But figure out those places where you're broken and let the spirit of life heal you. so much for listening to this episode of Big Fish Little Pod. We are having such a great time making this podcast and we're really appreciating all of the feedback and input that we get from you. Please comment on the podcast post on my dad's Facebook page or send us an email at bigfishlittlepod at gmail.com. Thanks. See you next time.